Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. This is Jamie Rosenberg, Assistant Editor for the American Journal of Managed Care. As healthcare cyber attacks and data breaches continue to make headlines, we recognize that these types of breaches are on the rise. Despite initiatives such as the 1996 Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, commonly known as HIPAA, these large breaches still occur. With less known about the characteristics of hospitals and health systems that experience data breaches, a team of researchers from the College of Health and Public Affairs at the University of Central Florida took on the task of finding out. They sought to describe the locations in hospitals where data are breached, the types of breaches that occur most often at hospitals, and hospital characteristics that may be predicting factors of large data breaches that impact 500 or more patients. Today, I have four of the researchers here with me to discuss the study and its findings. Megan Huffstader-Gabriel is an assistant professor in the Department of Health Management and Informatics. Alice Noblin is an associate professor in the Department of Health Management and Informatics, as well as the program director for the undergraduate program in Health Informatics and Information Management. I also have with me Amanda Walden, an instructor in the Health Informatics and Information Management program. Lastly, we have Kendall Cordelieu Ward, Associate Professor in the Department of Health Management and Informatics, as well as the Program Director for the Healthcare Informatics program. So to begin, Megan, can you kind of just walk me through the study and the different findings of it? Yeah, so our goal was to characterize these these um, data breaches that occur in hospitals. And so in order to do that, we combine data from three different sources. We combine data from the Office of Civil Rights Data Breach Portal, which is um, publicly available data and provides us with information about um, hospitals that have breaches with um, affecting 500 or more patients. So if it had 499 patients, we, we wouldn't um, have been able to see those um, data breaches. And we also included hospital information from the Health Information Management Systems Society, the HIMSS database. And also um, we used the American Hospital Association Health IT Survey to determine kind of the, the health IT sophistication. They have some nuanced information about that. And so in order to determine data breach locations, types, and then associated characteristics, we triangulated those data. And overarchingly, we found that paper records were the most common location for breaches, but the total number of patients impacted by those paper records was relatively low. Um, We found that although the network server breaches didn't happen very often, they were fairly infrequent, they compromised a vast majority of the the patients. We also found that the most common type of breach was quite variable among hospitals, but um, thefts occurred most frequently. But again, hacking incidents um, impacted the most patients. Uh, Finally, we found in our multivariate logistic regression models, so adjusted statistics, we found that pediatric hospitals, teaching hospitals, and large hospitals were more likely to have a data breach even when controlling for hospital characteristics, um, area characteristics, and health IT sophistication. 
So, Kendall, why do you think pediatric hospitals and teaching hospitals were at an increased risk for these breaches? Um, you know, there's a couple of reasons, and it really comes down to the kind of data that is housed within each type of these hospitals. Um, in particular, pediatric hospitals have social security numbers of children, which are highly valuable because children don't have um, a credit history, so therefore do not typically have credit monitoring. No one pulls the, um, the credit score of their child, so those numbers can be used by, um, by hackers for many years without being detected because there is no credit monitoring uh, for the most part. So I think that's a really important piece. And then also the teaching hospitals and large hospitals tend to have a lot of data. Um, they, teaching hospitals in particular tend to have clinical trial data. They have data on a lot of different types of patients and a lot of patients. So all three of these types of hospitals are data rich, and um, in the in the uh, incidence of pediatric hospitals, they have really um, really highly valuable data. So Kendall, with the increasing adoption of electronic health records into hospitals and health systems, you'd assume that this would account for the majority of the data breaches because you would think it'd be hard to keep up with the security measures needed to be put in place. So why do you think it's more common to occur with paper records? Well, I think um, a couple of things. The um, As high-tech as we have become, there's still a lot of paper out there. Um, and as long as there is paper, then there have to be dual processes for um, maintaining security on um, paper records. So there... Um, as long as we have a manual process, we're going to be susceptible to stolen records or um, accidental breaches, such as you know simply faxing the wrong number. Um, but overall, the number and the impact of cyber threats is significantly more than it is for um, for paper records, just because one hack can expose thousands of records. Um, whereas it would be very difficult for someone to come in and, um, you know, do that with paper records. But overall, I think the, the number one thing is just to um, try to educate employees on phishing and spearing um, activities that can be so detrimental when someone can log in and get into the system and stay in there unnoticed for months. So overall, the paper records are, um, something that we are will continue to see until we can sunset those paper records, at least the unnecessary ones, and um, focus on one process instead of the manual processes required for paper. And Amanda, what are the different consequences for hospitals and for patients following a data breach? Um, so the consequences range depending on the severity type and the method of breach. When we're talking about healthcare facilities, there are internal costs that affect them, like legal costs for counsel and consultations, um, manpower costs if we talk about updating policies and procedures and conducting internal investigations for the breach. And then there's also external costs for notifications. So they have to mail letters to each of the patients and they also have to notify the media. There are fines from the Office for Civil Rights potentially, 
Um, in 2017, it resulted in $19.4 million. Uh, there's potential loss of market share, potentially lowered reimbursements, and then also many facilities also purchase one year of identity theft monitoring for the patients that are affected. And then when we talk about patients, the consequences for them um, can be very high as well. Medical records contain extremely sensitive information, which can equate to everything that's needed for identity theft. And then outside of identity theft, a patient's medical information might be used against them. Someone could seek treatment using their insurance and bill that back to the patient, or someone could seek treatment and that would end up on the patient's medical record and could be integrated into their care in the future. So Alice, what advice do you have for hospitals trying to lower their risk of experiencing a data breach? So training is always helpful. Uh, Each healthcare facility that is considered a covered entity by HIPAA is required to have a privacy officer, and one of their responsibilities is training new and current staff. HIPAA training can be an area of limited focus or it becomes routine and less impactful. And facilities and privacy officers need to emphasize the importance and the ongoing importance of this topic and include specific examples employees would incur in their everyday workplace. Uh, Larger facilities have a lot more ground to cover in terms of managing risk. Um, A large risk factor for breaches and it is in managing the employees, especially in terms of electronic breaches, which is, um, as Kendall mentioned, due to um, often due to phishing scams. HIPAA and HITECH outline uh, key privacy and security measures that may be easier to enact and control at a smaller facility, but become costly and cumbersome at larger facilities. And another focus really needs to be on access management, which is who has access to which patient records. Um, Everybody doesn't need to be able to access all the information that's in a system, a hospital system or a hospital um, database, so to speak. So usually you have um, a need to know basis of the information that you have access to. And when um, employees leave a facility or physicians finish their training at a facility and move on, access management needs to be cut off on those people so that they can't still access the um, the information on those patients. The authors highlighted that there are several federal initiatives, including the 21st Century CARES Act, being taken to improve health IT certification and interoperability which may decrease vulnerabilities for these hospitals. They conclude their study by advising that hospitals conduct routine audits in order to allow them to see the vulnerabilities before a breach occurs. Additionally, information security systems should be implemented concurrently with health information technologies. Improving access control and prioritizing patient privacy will be important steps in minimizing future breaches.